0: Very good morning to each and every one of you, and uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 18, and uh, we're going to look at a portion and see how we can be a blessing uh, from the life of this man that I picked out, Abraham, he was known as the friend of God, uh, and he was a blessing to many others besides his own circle. And uh, I'll ask Dean whether he could read the first nine verses. And like we usually do, we'll just go down the the verses and we'll pick a few points here and there. And we'll try to get some lessons for us this morning.
1: Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 9. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground. And said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto the young man. And he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent.
0: So uh, we'll start off in verse 1 and right away we see that Abraham, when we encounter him, he was sitting down. It tells us he sat in the tent door. And then as we proceed through the verses that Dean just read to us, in verse 2, it tells us that he was running, he ran. And then also we see that in verse 7, that he ran. And then in verse 8, you would have noticed in the verse that we read that he was standing. It says he stood by them uh, under the tree. And also later on in the same portion down in verse uh, 22 also you would see Abraham was standing. So here we have Abraham sitting, Abraham running, and Abraham standing So from a spiritual standpoint, all these three activities have their place in our lives. There are occasions when it is good when we are seated, just like Mary was seated at the feet of the Lord Jesus, listening to his word. And then there are other occasions, for example, like Philip, Philip the evangelist, he ran to go and give gospel message. And then we also see that Abraham he was standing before the Lord to intercede for those who were in danger of perishing. So all these three activities that Abraham was doing have their place in Christian life. And then I also want you to notice in verse one that it was the heat of the day. Abraham was sitting in the heat of the day. Now Uh, the Bible speaks to us of those that have borne the burden during the heat of the day and those who are working uh, in the heat of the day. Abraham was having what is known as a siesta or uh, a rest. It's perfectly okay to have a rest, but laziness can never be justified. In fact, In the book of Proverbs, over and over again, uh, it's constantly targeting the slothful man. But on in this occasion, we see that Abraham was having a rest, but when the occasion came to do something for God, he sprang into action. But there are others who take a rest, and sometimes it's a permanent rest, always on a break, always on a holiday. We shouldn't be like that in mark chapter 6 and verse 31 it tells us this that and the lord jesus said unto them to the disciples ye yourselves apart unto a desert place and rest a while so even the disciples in their busy schedule they were also having a rest but the main thing is When the opportunity presents itself, are we ready to do something for God? And as the verses progress, we are going to see that even though he was in a state of rest, when the opportunity came, Abraham was ready to take action. Then I want you to notice next, back to Genesis chapter 18 and verse 1, uh, it tells us that he was in the tent. Abraham had now uh, many years since he left uh, the Ur of the Chaldees and moved on. But I want you to notice a special character about him. That even after all these years, he considered himself a nomad in the land. He hadn't settled down to any permanent place of abode. In fact, if you look at the, the next chapter... When the angels visited Lot, uh, chapter 19, verse 1, uh, you would see that Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And then verse 2 speaks to us about Lot's house, chapter 19, verse 2. But Abraham, he was still living in a tent, chapter 18, verse 1, in a tent, chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, Lot is living in a In a house, what's the difference? You see, Abraham had convictions about his role as a stranger in the land that he was living in. From first to last, he regarded himself as someone who didn't really belong there. He was different from all the people that he was living with. And that is what we also should be. We need to see ourselves our lives here in this world as temporary. We are not here to get cozy and permanent with all the people around us. We are strangers and pilgrims here on earth. And Abraham was living his life in that way. Uh, Peter encourages us in this way. Uh, He says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, 1 peter chapter 2 and verse 11 uh, peter says that uh, i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims we are strangers and pilgrims so what does that mean we have to be different morally we are not like everybody else around us we are different ethically we don't do the same things that the world around us does we live our lives on a different set of values. We live our lives on a different set of principles. Lot had chosen to live in a house, settle himself down, become like all the natives around him. Abraham considered himself a stranger and pilgrim on earth. He didn't really belong there. So he stayed in a tent. He chose not to fully mingle and join and be taken in by all the evil that was around him. Let us also be those that decide that we want to be separate. We don't want to live evil lives. We want to live lives pleasing to God because we are strangers and pilgrims here on earth. If we consider that and live our lives in that way, great blessing will come upon our lives. Then I want you to uh, notice next that it tells us in verse 1 that he was living in the plains of Mamre, chapter 18, verse 1. And previously also, uh, we have noticed that uh, he was in Mamre uh, in uh, chapter 13. Now, this is the place, Mamre is in Hebron, where Abraham had built an altar to God and in, enshrined in the word Hebron is the concept of fellowship Abraham was staying in fellowship with God and from a spiritual standpoint these qualities uh, that Abraham possessed can only be uh, we can have these in our life if we are living in fellowship with God if we are in the place Where God wants us to be. In 1 John chapter 3 and uh, chapter 2 and verse 14, 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse 14, it tells us about the men of John's day, uh, how they were living, Uh, uh, the young men. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, And the word of God abideth in you. You see, these young men in John's day, allowing their lives to be molded by the truth of God, was what gave them their spiritual strength, fortifying them against uh, all the acts of the evil one. The word of God was in them, and that's what preserved those young men in that day. Abraham chose to live in Mamre, in fellowship with God, where he built an altar. And being close to God, in fellowship with God, helped him to live a life that was pleasing to God. Then I want you to notice uh, next. It tells us that the Lord appeared unto him. We are still in Genesis chapter 18 uh, and verse 1 now here abraham is sitting there uh, in his tent and he sees three persons appear uh, before him and in uh, it's difficult for us to know exactly when he realized that these three visitors were special people but hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 tells us that gives us a small clue. Uh, it speaks to us uh, about the fact that he entertained angels unawares. Some of Hebrews chapter 13, uh, some have entertained angels unawares. So we assume that Abraham, when these three men appeared, he was unaware of who they were. But yet, even though he did not know who these people were, I want you to notice how he entertained them and the hospitality that he showed towards them. These are people that he didn't know at all. He was just seated there in his tent, uh, and suddenly they appeared. Peter tells us, use hospitality one to another, without grudging. And Abraham, when the opportunity arose, he really, uh, those words really bear fruit in Abraham's life. I want you to notice the lavish preparation that Abraham made for his uninvited guests. In fact, if you look at the corresponding, uh, in chapter 19, when the angels came to visit Lot, uh, we can see that Abraham, uh, in chapter 18, he made a great feast, a lot of variety on the table. But when it was Lot's turn, uh, in chapter 19 and verse 3, you will see that it says that there was only bread on the table. In fact, uh, there are other similarities that uh, uh, are not so similar. Uh, contrast that we can see between Abraham and Lot for example let me uh, if you read through these uh, two portions at the beginning of chapter 19 and chapter 18 uh, when you've got your uh, time when you're studying the Bible on your own you will see uh, mark out all the differences between Abraham and Lot let me give you uh, an example here Uh, for example in chapter 18 and verse 6 we see that Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, as Dean was reading to us. So Sarah, his wife, was in the tent, ready when these visitors came. Abraham ran into the tent, and there she was. He was able to give her some instructions of what to do. But if you notice in chapter 19, Lot, when he had the visitors come to his home, It tells us this. Verse 3. And he entered into his house and it says he made them a feast. There's no mention of Lot's wife anywhere in this uh, story. Uh, Abraham's wife was available there. When he entered the tent, she was there. But when Lot entered the tent, it says that Lot is the one who had to make the bread. Now, these two families—the difference between them—it also epitomizes what many families here on Earth face. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Um, there are pressures nowadays where both a husband and wife has to work uh, to provide a good standard of income to look after the family. But it's a wonderful thing when the wife is able to stay at home and look after the family and look after the children uh, because that is a hugely, hugely important task that has been given to us from God. In fact, in Titus chapter 2 and verse 5, it tells us about uh, the qualities that uh, God has given uh, for the sisters to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good and obedient to their husbands. Now you see, it says, one of the qualities is keepers at home. It's difficult to be a keeper at home when the wife is working. Difficult to be a keeper at home. And so on this occasion here, we see Abraham, he has unexpected visitors showing up he goes into his tent, and there his wife is available. But on the corresponding side, Lot, he had an unexpected visitor, and he had to make the meal himself. So so in modern times, uh, hospitality. It's a wonderful thing when we are able to be hospitable to God's people for unknown strangers who may come. Uh, You see, Students, people who are away from home, uh, when you are generous and you are able to be hospitable to them, uh, it's a wonderful thing. They will be exposed in an alien environment and confronted with new temptations and so on. And when Christians are able to welcome them into their home, just like Abraham was ready to do here to these three unknown men, it was a wonderful testimony to the love of God. I must say this: that uh, when I arrived uh, a couple of days ago in the country, and uh, on Friday I switched on my email, I uh, had a very nice email from Vince, uh, and he was inviting me to his home for a meal. Thank you very much, Vince and Sydney. I had a uh, Cindy. I had a wonderful meal at their home yesterday evening, and uh, very lovingly prepared. Uh, Thank you so much. And that's a wonderful example of hospitality that is extended in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then I want you to notice, uh, let's go back to our text, Genesis chapter 18 and verse 2. Three men stood by him and it says that he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes. Now, uh, in chapter 13 of Genesis, uh, you would remember the incident where Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the well-watered plains uh, before him and uh, he went into the area that he thought was good for him, which had material benefit for him. And then in chapter 13, uh, verses 14 and 15, you will see that Abraham, he lifted up his eyes and he selected the path that uh, was the right path for him to select God-given inheritance for him. And then many years later, on another occasion in uh, Genesis chapter 22 and verse 4, you would see Abraham lifted up his eyes again. And that was when he was going with Isaac to the place where they were to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Genesis 22, 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. It's a wonderful thing when we are able to lift up our eyes and notice what is around us, what God wants for us. Now on that occasion... Isaac survived and uh, he lifted up his eyes and he saw the place where Isaac was to be sacrificed. Incidentally, Isaac and the Lord Jesus Christ, many uh, times we are comparing both of them because of, you know, the story, you know, where Isaac was to be sacrificed. But there is one big difference what the Lord Jesus Christ did and what Isaac did, you see, Isaac, it's a marvelous thing. He was willing to allow himself to be bound and put on that altar to be sacrificed. But what the Lord Jesus did was far greater. You see, uh, Genesis 22 and verse 7, it tells us, Isaac said unto Abraham, Here am I, my son, he said, and he said, Behold the fire and the wood, where is the lamb For the burnt offering. Isaac saw. The fire and the wood. But he didn't see the lamb. For the burnt offering. Which means that. Isaac didn't know. That he was to be the burnt offering. So all those days. That they were journeying. To do the sacrifice. Isaac didn't know that he was the one. Who was going to be. Because he's asking where is the lamb. But the Lord Jesus Christ. When he went to the cross. He knew from the foundation of the world that he was to be the sacrifice, how much he would go onto the cross, how much he was going to suffer. He knew everything because, after all, he could tell Nathaniel what he was thinking under the tree. He knew about the sinners in John chapter 2, and so on and so forth. So we know that the Lord Jesus knew everything. And imagine that, going through all those time his walk on earth knowing the extent of the suffering that he would go through that is why the Lord Jesus' sacrifice was far greater than what Isaac would have done even though Isaac was special also because he loved himself to be taken uh, as the sacrifice but I'm going off tangent here let's uh, get back uh, to the text so Genesis 18 and verse So like Abraham, this is the point that I was making, lift up your eyes, be aware of the wealth of your inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ, like him, be alert to the opportunities that are around you to serve God, Uh, emulate him, Uh, be quick to see God's hand at work and opportunities where you can serve God and God will bless you in your life. It's a wonderful thing when you're close to God. You can feel when God is leading you and when opportunities arise. And you feel the presence of God and God speaking to you and directing you. And it's a wonderful place to be at. And Abraham was in that place. I encourage each of you today to come to a place like what Abraham was at. And you can only do that if you're close to God, then when you lift up your eyes, you will see like Abraham could see. Then I want you to notice next. So he was sitting at the tent door. These three strangers appeared. And as I said to you, he was taking a rest. But I want you to notice how he sprang into action. Okay, so uh, where were we? We were in chapter 18, verse 2. Look at the word there. He ran, it tells us. Then I want you to notice next that it tells us in verse 6 and Abraham hastened. He ran. He hastened. Then I want you to notice in verse 7 and Abraham ran. And then again in verse 7 after selecting the calf he hastened. Do you see that? He ran, he hastened, he ran, he hastened to dress it. David, we see in the Bible, he ran. Peter and John, they ran. Do you remember where they ran? They ran to go to the tomb, as did many others in scripture. But these others that I have mentioned were relatively young men. And they were full of vigor and they were able to run. Abraham, when we encounter him, He's almost a hundred years old. But yet, when the opportunity came to serve God, a hundred-year-old man sprang into action. He ran. He hastened. He did everything quickly. There was no lazing around for Abraham. This is the point that I want to make. Be enthusiastic in your service, fathers. Be enthusiastic like Abraham. When the opportunity comes, when you're given, you're presented an opportunity to serve God, perhaps your elders will, may point out something where you can help an area. Be enthusiastic. Sometimes in my workplace, uh, if I'm giving an instruction to someone, I notice the difference in various people. Some people, you know, uh, you tell them and then they are, yes, 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 and they're ready to do it. Others, uh, first it starts with the It starts with the sigh And You see you can see When people are uh, keen Be enthusiastic To do something In your service for God Then I want you to notice next We are still in Genesis 18 And verse 2 He bowed himself Towards the ground I want you to Notice his Civility you see Abraham's demeanor, the way he conducted himself, is exemplary. How a Christian should conduct himself or herself. He was a hundred years old, a very, very wealthy man, by today's standard, a multi, multi millionaire. He didn't have to be bowing down to anybody. You see, three strangers appear. And what does this wealthy man do? He bowed himself towards the ground. That speaks to me of his humbleness, his meekness, all characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ exemplified in his life. His attitude teaches us that everyone we encounter, they deserve our respect. They deserve our interests. Sometimes you meet people and you're talking with them and they have no interest in you. They won't ask you any questions about yourself. All they want to do is talk about themselves and what they were up to. You, you know, sometimes you, know, you meet people like that. Don't be like that. Be like Abraham. Respect others. Show interest in others. Christian caring attitude that we should all have. It tells us in Galatians... Uh, chapter 6 and verse 10, that we need to do good to the household of faith. It says, and where you have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. So, all men, let us do good to all, but especially those who are of the household of faith. Especially those who are Christian. Show them extra care and interest. Then, next, I want you To notice, verse 3, we are moving on. Genesis 18 and verse 3. Pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Increasingly, we feel that Abraham has a feeling about these three strangers that are at his tent. And within him, there was a desire to enjoy their company. You notice that? There is a desire to enjoy their company. There was a similar example of those who are longing to have companionship with our Lord. And you can see that in 1 John, uh, sorry, John chapter 1 and verses 38 and 39. And the disciples are talking on that occasion in John chapter 1, 38 and 39. And they say, Rabbi, Where dwellest thou? And verse 39, the Lord Jesus says to them, Come and see. They wanted to spend time with the Lord, companionship with the Lord. They were longing and uh, they saw where he dwelt and they abode with him for the day. Do you also have a similar longing where you want to spend time in the presence of God? Do you want to come and see him? Do you want to abide with him? In fact, there was others who had traveled on the road to Emmaus and they wanted a lengthier encounter. Luke chapter 24 and verse 29. Luke 24 and verse 29. And they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. It's very important for us that we want to cultivate communication with the Lord Jesus Christ, communication with our God, want to spend time with our God. This is so important. This is one of the things that Abraham did in his life. He wanted these men to not to go away. He wanted them to stay with him. So, I encourage each of you Cultivate, practice reading his word, praying, bring yourself closer to God, and you will also experience the benefits that Abraham benefit. Then next, I want you to notice uh, we are moving on to verse 4, Genesis 18 and verse 4. Abraham's modesty is something that we can all emulate. He described the refreshments that he was going to provide these three people in meager terms. That means he actually produced a fine spread. Uh, We can see the description later on. But when he described what he was going to give them, he said, a little water, verse 5, verse 4, a little water, and verse 5, a morsel of bread. In other words, he promised little, but he delivered big. You can see it from the following verses what he actually uh, delivered. Now there's an example in the Bible of King Asurus, uh in uh, Esther chapter 1 and you can read it later, but in Esther chapter 1 you will see how the king laid on a fantastic spread. Uh, all the finest gold, all the uh, silver, he had the, all the people of the land come in uh, and then he had the, the best silk the best food and then at the end of the evening he says he brought in his beautiful wife for everyone to see so when he entertained, he entertained a lavish spread, don't be like that, be like Abraham, the humility of Abraham is much preferred to the lavish spread that King Ahasuerus did in Esther chapter 1. Then I want you to notice next that Abraham promised uh, to rest. Uh, 18 chapter 18 verse 4, rest yourself under the tree. Abraham's provision for the strangers can be made available in any christian home now some we may not have a calf tender and good like is described here in this portion but we can also give refreshment just like abraham is described to have uh, done here so the rest uh, in chapter 18 verse 4 which abraham refers to is a blessing that any christian home can offer a person who is downtrodden who's tired who's weary We can all provide that rest. Paul, he anticipated to Philemon, he said, When I come out of prison, I long to come to your lodging. He knew that in Philemon chapter verse 7, Paul said that he anticipated coming uh, to Philemon's place because Philemon refreshes those guests who come To their home. And then also, if you look at uh, verse 22 of Philemon, uh, you will see that Paul anticipated the lodging that Philemon would uh, provide for him when he came out of prison. And then, not only rest uh, that is mentioned, but in verse 5 of Genesis 18, Abraham promises comfort. I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort. When you invite people to your home, they may be having varied problems and issues in life, and you can offer them comfort. For example, uh, you notice uh, one of the tasks that John had when he took Mary into his home, one of the first tasks would have been to comfort her because she had just witnessed her firstborn son dying on the cross. When he would have taken her into his home, He would have had to have spent time comforting her. This is something that all of us can do in our homes. Provide rest. Provide comfort. And then I want you also to notice next uh, in verse 5, chapter 18, verse 5. And after that, ye shall pass on. After that, ye shall pass on. Abraham anticipated providing help rest comfort food water all these things but he wasn't going to be an intrusive host he was going to allow them to pass on in uh, the uh, the book of judges we read about the levite in chapter 19 and he held on to the guest uh, for a long time, each time delaying his departure until late in the evening, and that created a huge amount of problems. But not so Abraham. He didn't want to be too intrusive. The balance was perfect. And then, next, I want you to notice, also in verse 5, Therefore, are ye come to your servant. Therefore, I ye come to your servant. It appears that Abraham saw this encounter as ordained by God. Therefore, you have come to your servant. That is the reason that you are here, so that I can serve you, so that I can refresh you, so that I can give you rest, so that I can give you comfort. Be like that. When you are looking around you, you see that your position has been ordained by God. You have been placed where you have been placed, so that you can be of service for God. And opportunities that God brings into your life are opportunities presented by God himself. And take use, make use of those opportunities. For example, Boaz, he came into contact with Ruth. This was not some chance encounter. No. No. They, it was ordained by God because they had Obed, their son. And down the line of Obed, the Lord Jesus Christ was born. If you read the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. So, not a chance encounter. God ordains things in your life. You have to lift up your eyes. You have to look around you. You have to take advantage of those opportunities. Then I want you to Uh, Notice the reply in verse 5, that the visitors give him, the three men. And they said, so do as thou hast said. So do as thou hast said. They accepted the invitation that Abraham offered to them. Now, what happened with Lot? The corresponding uh, story in chapter 19 and verse 2. Lot invites the two angels, chapter 19, verse 2. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, and I pray into your servants' home and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, we will abide in the street all night. They refused Lot's offer. So why did the angels in chapter 18 accept Abraham's offer, they said, Oh, yes, so do as thou hast said. Whatever you said, go ahead and do it. And then they tell Lot, Nay, we will abide in the street all night. Why is that? Well, it's a very simple explanation. It seems to me that the Lord finds delight in the company of the spiritual and the loyal rather than the carnal and the worldly he wants to spend time with those who are spiritual and godly isn't that the obvious explanation he doesn't want to spend time with the lots of this world no, nay yeah if you live a life that's holy pleasing to God and you're following God's order and God's word in your life, you're opening the door and inviting God to come into your life, into your home, and he loves doing that with people that are close to him. But there's no point in you inviting him if you're leading a sinful life after you leave from here, and you're leading a double life out there, and then wondering why God is not coming into your life and... ordering your ways and blessing you. This is a a very simple principle that God delights in the company of those who are close to him. Come get close to God. He'll get close to you. Remember in Revelation it tells us I will sup with him and he with me. That's the kind of relationship that we need to cultivate uh, with the, the Lord. It would be wonderful if, like the family at Bethany, our affection, our loyalty are such that the Lord finds our companionship to his liking. And then, uh, I see that my time is up. Okay. Uh I'll just move on uh, through to the end. Um, okay, so uh, I'll uh, we'll go seven. Okay, I'll finish with this. Uh, give me a, uh, Let me finish with two points here. And uh, in verse six, Abraham was anxious to provide the meal as quickly as possible. He didn't want to keep these men waiting. So he ran. We see that. And now he gives instructions to Sarah. Verse 6. Make ready quickly the three measures of fine meal. Now, when I was first reading it, I thought to myself, wow, these are rather sharp instructions to his wife. You know, sometimes perhaps, you know, you go in there and say, make this, make that. And, you know, uh, it doesn't look so good, doesn't it? But then uh, as you read down the story you would see that he played his part in the family home. Verse 7, Abraham ran to the herd. He's the one who fetched the calf. He's the one who dressed the calf. Then he, verse 8, he took the butter, he took the milk and he set it before them and he stood under the tree while they were eating. He was this wealthy man, this wealthy patriarch was being the waiter, the waiter. You see, not only do we learn about his humbleness and his meekness there, but we also see how this family was operating, this uh, married couple were operating in beautiful harmony together, husband and wife. She was working, preparing food over there, he was working, preparing food over there, and then together they were serving their guests. A wonderful example of how Uh, cooperation between husband and wife in the household and a happy family uh, enjoying. And then finally, uh, I will go right down to the uh, verse, to the last verse. And they decide to speak something. So they say unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? The point I noticed was that they had an important thing to discuss with Abraham and Sarah, but they left it until after the meal was done. After they had done eating, after the washing up was done, the clearing, everything was sorted out. Then they decided to start talking about the important issue. Now, frequently in scripture, uh, for example, you can see this example in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 3. Ruth was warned uh, to avoid engaging with Boaz in conversation. uh, Last sentence, until he shall have done eating and drinking. After Boaz has finished eating and drinking Ruth, then you can start the conversation. Why? Because sometimes a man is a bit grumpy when his stomach is... Empty. I don't know about you, but I get a little bit, and then after I've eaten, then I calm down a bit. And John chapter 21 and verse 15, we see the Lord Jesus, he also followed the same uh, principle. It was only after they had dined in John chapter 21 and verse 15 that the Lord raised the matter of Peter's affection to him. So look at the verse carefully. So when they had dined, after they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And so the same principle was being followed here. After they had finished eating, these three men, then they brought up the point about their visit, the important reason why they were visiting, the news that they had to impart. Unfortunately, we don't have any time today, but if there is another occasion, perhaps... We'll go into the reason why they came to see Abraham. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for this opportunity that we have been able to go through Scripture, and we thank Thee that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We thank Thee that the Bible has given for us to learn our Father and apply in our lives, and we pray, our Father, that we would be those like Abraham. Draw close To god our father observe his principles in our lives and open the door of blessing into our lives as a result so our father we pray a blessing on each and every one that's gathered here this morning part us with thy blessings now we ask this in the precious and worthy name of our lord and our savior jesus christ amen